Reporting is Eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company. They're a small local roaster in Appleton, Wisconsin, and I make a pot of their Packerland breakfast blend just about every morning. I also have a very large bag of the barrel-aged coffee that I enjoy on the weekends. If you go to appletoncoffee.com and use code RAE at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% and you will support the show. Once again, that's appletoncoffee.com, code RAE at checkout. Hey everybody, welcome to the, I forget what episode of Reporting is Eligible, uh, apparently I can only remember numbers through about eight. Um, this is the, the show, we're going to recap the Houston game, which went fabulously, and uh, we have the Vikings coming up next, so we can talk about them a little bit, because they had some news this week. Uh, joining me, as always, my normal co-host in what we've still established as Urban Wauwatosa. Oh yeah, that's J.R. Radcliffe. Training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, trying to be as little engaged as possible in Game Six of the World Series as uh, as we talk about this. I know this is a football <laughs> podcast, so I will I will do my best for you people. We appreciate the effort, although it's hard to tear your eyes away from G. Oh Man my gosh, they first, did like so a what, what was it like a Swan Lake sort of montage showing G. Man Choi at first base? <laughs> I mean, they really get it. Fox gets it. I have loved the coverage, and anything that brings me G-Man Choi doing the splits is is a great thing. So, it's been a good night. It's great in the in the fifteen hundredth episode of Effectively Wild. Uh, Meg Raleigh drafted first baseman doing the splits is the thing she loves about baseball. She's absolutely right, especially it's, it's fat man. Underrated. A giant. Yeah, man you know I love my great. fat people. Fat We've talked about my love awesome. for fat people on this podcast. So yep. this is just a double treat when baseball's involved. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a consistent trend. Yep, sad day when we lost G-Man. Should have really kept him on the team. Ah, uh, and out in Colorado. Out in Colorado and ignoring the first minute of this conversation. <laughs> I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. <laughs> uh, I am the uh, meme weaver for Acme Packing Company and general Twitter rabble rouser. But I'm not the Twitter rabble rouser today. Oh. Well, neither am I. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, as as so, I'm Paul Noonan, also Acme Packing Company, and at at this very moment, Aaron Nagler has just picked a fight with me for no good reason, and now his swarm of idiots <laughs> is um, infiltrating my mentions and making my Twitter unusable. So, um, th- thanks everybody for that, uh, Aaron. I as always appreciate the traffic that you bring, but only in the the sort of macro sense that it's traffic. <laughs> <laughs> in the micro sense of actually dealing with individual people. Goodness, man! Um, <laughs> it is a it's a rough group. So we, we should talk about the um, the topic that is leading to this discussion, and that is over how, what Jamal Williams does well. Because Jamal Williams, you know, everyone agrees, had a pretty important game for for Houston, or I'm sorry, against Houston. <laughs> but uh, but obviously, we'll revisit that, like what his strengths are, and uh, and and you know what what he can do for them in the short term if Aaron Jones isn't around, like he wasn't on Sunday. Yeah, that's fine, and and. Uh, he was fine. Um, Jamal Williams was fine. He averaged exactly four yards a carry. Four four point oh five. Um, Aaron, four point oh five yards per carry. Yes, four four and five one hundredths of a yard per carry. <laughs> if you want to get technical about it, um, which is fine. Um, sure. Um, at running backs average five point one yards per carry against Houston this year. Um, so you're you're saying that Jamal sure, Williams had a below average outing against Houston. I am saying that, and uh, Aaron came at me with some stat that he ran into an eight-man box on 41% of his 17 carries, 
which I did should have done that math before I started talking about it. But oh, hey, fair. What is that? Fair it's warning. Seven. Fair warning seven, here. Um, yeah. You're going to get talked about on transplants tomorrow, so expect a angry Corey Benke, uh this guy who's an asshole kind of oh, no. rant. All the more incentive to get the podcast edited and available by the time <laughs> Transplants comes out tomorrow. Hey, so at least we can w- siphon off okay, the okay, so, traffic. Well, let's let's run through the rundown here. Uh, I was a topic on Transplants earlier this year. Really? Uh, Peter Peter Bukowski was. Yeah, the Matt Peter was. Bukowski That's true. was. Bukowski was. So basically, we're. So next week is going to be Tex Western, and then after that's going to be Sean Wagner, and then after, <laughs> like, then John Meerdink, like. So basically, we're running, we're we're providing transplants with all of their material at this yeah, point. Yeah, and, is what you're and it's like it's like Cheesehead TV is trying to start a, a blog war with Acme Packing Company. Turf war. Um, that would JR be kind of just, fun. You could do ridiculous. like a blog like, Olympics. I feel like there's there's a way to make this work. <laughs> I'm thinking like J- Jr. is just just That's fine. We like, just I'm an actual reporter. I don't know why you guys are. <laughs> 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 I mean, I I I don't. I, I feel well, bad it, because it, I don't I don't go too deep into the Packers extended community, even though I have great respect for it, and I love what <laughs> you guys do. And I'm obviously like, obviously I'm in tune with what Acme Packing Company is doing to a greater degree than the average. But uh, you know, this is this is a little bit outside my sphere of of uh, you know of knowledge, so I don't want to say anything stupid. So uh, so yeah, by all means, carry on. Let me know let me know what it's about. I had no idea you were a subject. Was it from hottest take of the week? Yeah, it was um, when I went after the beat for saying stupid things about DVOA. Um, however, I, I got ki- <laughs> everybody. Everybody should have I their got, shirts, by the way. So if you I don't, let me know. Because Nagler was like, "Look, I have genuine affection for Matub. I love him as a person." However, then blah blah blah. Like what Matt said against the beat yep. was wrong. I used to be a beat writer. You don't know our struggle. That's the TLDR. Um, so <laughs> people were mean to me while transplants was happening but no one sought me out to be angry at me uh bukowski got lit up last week and they uh, they unleashed yeah, the droves of idiots after him what now, was the occasion uh peter bukowski had the audacity to quote tweet leroy butler and say uh actually you're wrong here because leroy was wrong <laughs> okay um, so it wasn't – that's overly simplistic. Uh, Leroy Butler, you know, who has a radio show and uh, was just supporting uh, – who was the player? Was it one no, of the No, it was actually Aaron Rodgers. Um, it was Rodgers, that's right, um, he, who played a pretty poor game against Tampa. And it wasn't just Peter, like, spouting off at Leroy. I, not, not something I would have done, not my personality. But, you know, th- there was some support that Aaron actually did make a bad read there. So uh, – and he, he added support to it. But – uh, he got dragged into transplants because he went and yelled at Leroy Butler about football. Which is funny because he didn't even yell at Leroy. You know, at, your own, at your own peril. So, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Banky went off. And what's funny is I am pretty sure Bukowski doesn't listen to this podcast. So I'm just going to say this. <laughs> we'll, ba- we'll Banky find out. was absolutely right <laughs> about one point. And he said the thing that Peter does is is well actually people to death. And that that dude's brand is well actually so Banky was right there however having having been peter well, well actually by peter numerous yes, times yes i also get well actually regularly but we are his co-workers it's okay for him to well actually us it's okay for uh, us <laughs> yeah oh um, so i don't really like I, a, a rivalry with you said tv is stupid because their whole thing is like from the fans perspective like old school what bill simmons used to do it's not 
it's not adding any like super in-depth analytics. It's not any adding any huge like tape review. It's just guys right. rah-rahing the team. Chisa TV fine. is the bro um, country of Packers blocks. It is there to pander. They're going to talk about yeah. trucks and and girls and painted on jeans, and and their their <laughs> fans are going to love it and eat it up, and that's great. <laughs> And if if you like right. that, that's fine. More power to you. It's just like I don't need to have a rivalry with those people because I posted in, in this argument tonight. A, a, I like Jamal Williams. He's one of my favorite Packers. He's just not that good at running the ball. He's good at lots of other cool things that running backs like are undervalued for. And I I posted his his. This is stupid. I don't know why I did it because obviously nobody's gonna read it. But his, his passing, his receiving DVOA. He just broke back into the top ten this week. He's a super efficient receiver, and he always has been. And all Aaron did say, say all Aaron said to me was, uh, "Look at Paul using spreadsheets to hate on Jamal Williams." Like, no, that the spreadsheet I just put in this is saying he's good at something. You idiot. Like, oh well, he. Uh, it's funny as everyone's taking your your tweet from early October where you said he's a great receiver. I never want to see him get a carry again. Yes, which is true. I, I <laughs> stand so, like, by that. That's the thing that everyone's latching onto is and getting mad about. That's fine. But you're saying it's still true. It's still true. He had, he had a below average game. He was fine because nobody's going to be bad against Houston's run defense. Houston's run defense is atrocious. Four yards isn't good against it. Um, every other running back who's run against them has done better than that with one exception. Since somebody will point it out, Jacksonville's crappy running back had like 3.8 yards per carry against them, which, again, is bad, but... Jacksonville's run game is quite bad as well, and their offensive line hey, isn't very good. To bring things so, like Henry had like ten yeah. yards. I was going to say to bring things week. back <laughs> into the into the um, the less uh, pedantic, I suppose. What do you think David Johnson would have against his own team? Oh no! <laughs> like two? He's bad. He's very bad. He was. That guy's terrible. Oh, he was oh poor David Johnson. That franchise. How many times did I watch that game and say to myself? I can't believe they pulled this trade. And then I said it again watching uh, it was Sunday Night Football, right, where the Cardinals were playing the Seahawks. And I just – how could they make yeah. this trade? What does that guy do that makes his team better? I mean, he's not a bad – he's not a terrible running back, but, like, he's not well, good enough. Certainly not I mean, good he enough. Was, he was an amazing running back four years ago. Yes. For, for yes. one year. Four years ago, 26 in, – and he got hurt. And, you know, running backs after they have leg injuries, not always – rebounding so well so yeah 2016 he was david johnson was excellent but even excellent david johnson would not have been worth trading for deandre hopkins so uh, i i don't i still don't know how that trade happened just because uh, like if anybody ever tells you that the nfl franchise is no more than you know random people out there who are smart in some capacity some do yeah some nfl franchises have a bunch of smart people but even if you, even if Bill O'Brien wants to make this trade, uh, I want to trade my best receiver, one of the best receivers in the league, for this running back from Arizona who hasn't been good for three years. Like, he has to run that by people. He has to run that by ownership and presidents and things like that. Like, someone should put a stop to that when that happens. That's a total organizational failure. I mean, they gave him both jobs, which is already a total organizational failure. Um, we're talking about Bill O'Brien, by the way. Didn't mention Bob. we call yeah. him Bob. Um, he he got fired. Um, a couple weeks ago, um, they they actually were better since they fired him, but not a lot better. So uh, that trade just was like a franchise destroying trade. Um, if, if you Rivers McCown is my favorite Texans go to. He used to work for Football Outsiders. He is one of the the world's best players of Final Fantasy IV. Um, he's often on um, uh, speed runs on Twitch of it, um, and he was just despondent and has basically been sort of some semi depressive since <laughs> that trade happened and. Uh, 
had a, a couple of very nice columns leading up to Bill O'Brien being fired and a great analysis of the Packer game that I, I oh, frankly, I stole a little <laughs> bit from um, in, in, just, in just pointing out how inefficient David Johnson's runs were in this game. Um, not just in the fact that they didn't gain a lot of yards, but on the downs that they decided to do them on. They're almost all from the shotgun. One of, like, one of the dumbest things you can do uh, as any football coach is on a third and one or a fourth and one, Run a running a conventional running play with no misdirection or anything to a running back from shotgun to get a yard. They did it twice <laughs> in this game and got stuffed both times. I, they were unbelievably well. So uh, like on the on the other side of the ball, can uh, we like everyone's praising Jamal Williams for doing four yards a carry against an eight eight man box? Yeah. Why the hell are you running into an eight man box? <laughs> well, they were. I mean, it was running down the clock time, but. Uh, and that's fine, but that's like seven carries, and he was bad on all seven of those carries. Not his fault. It's hard to run into an eight-man box when you're running down the clock. Like all you're doing is just running, not getting hurt, and not fumbling. That's all your job is. That's fine. He, he did bust off one big run, a 13-yarder, and scored a nice one-yarder after that. So it's not like it was all bad, but um, he he didn't do that much damage against the eight-man box. He did most of his damage against the seven-man box early on. Uh, anyway, we should stop talking about me being tweeted. <laughs> so at let's, talk about so that's, let's talk about Randall Cobb. Yeah. Actually, Let's before we get to that, before we get to that, I want to I want to take a global oh, no. view of this game. Um, because you had said something, you because all right, just just there's a lot of minutia here, but um, you know, I kind of I kind of was a, l- a little uninspired watching the game personally. I couldn't really put my finger on it, and I think you, Paul, sort of sort of put it in a way that made it pretty succinct to me. I mean, the fact that the Texans are so bad, this. This felt like just an okay win. I was per- gonna be. I was preparing myself for like an eighteen six win because it's on the road and all the injuries. I was gonna prepare myself for a game where they where they win ugly, but they ended up looking. I would say fine. It just it just didn't it didn't feel like it was a a resounding performance the way that it should when you go up three touchdowns and you wind up you know winning to the point that pretty much most of the second half is garbage time if not if not all of it. Um, it, it you know the, I, I can't explain the Texans. They have so much star power and name power i mean i jj watt still capable like he's still a good football player we talked about that yep. um i don't know if whitney merciless is but he's a, he's a guy i'm paying attention to you know they got cunningham they've got crooks and fuller i mean they've got guys that you know people have heard of and i just don't i just don't know how they can well, be merciless, that bad merciless had a sack that was taken away by a, a penalty right. downfield a penalty um, against yeah. against billy turner so that makes turner look better at left tackle than he actually is and what you said, Paul, was that they they, played, they um, were fine. They they did what they absolutely should have done against a team that was not yeah. at their level. Yeah, and going forward, I'm basically this is a burn the tape game for me because like nothing new happened. Like the the Packer issues on offense that we've identified before are that they are sort of a one receiver team plus some trickery with tight ends on offense. And Devontae Adams had you know a million yeah. catches for a billion. Yards. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw for ninety yards to not Devontae Adams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other receivers outside of Devontae Adams had two catches, both Malik Taylor, of seven targets for six yards. Um, so, like, yeah, Devontae Adams beat the crap out of a bad team, and that's good. That's great. Like, he's an awesome player, and he should do that. But it would have been nice to see them explore, like, maybe Malik Taylor a little bit more. And if he's not getting open against Houston, not great, kind of bad. Um, MVS was atrocious again. And um, so, like, it's just not like we, we didn't learn anything. Like, they'll play a bunch of other bad teams and beat them in similar ways. And, um, I mean, it's not like who cares because you should stomp down bad opponents like Houston, and they did, and that's good. But uh, 
it's not like we saw any improvement in the areas where they're vulnerable, and that's a problem <laughs> for me. <laughs> now, on defense, is a different story. I think on defense, they actually had a few yes. breakout performances. They got some linebackers. A few rebound performances. Yeah. Um, like, uh, so, so Kamal Martin, in his first game back, um, was just excellent. Like, he had the, the highest grade of any PFF um, player on the defense, which always remember that Jair Alexander's out there for the Packers and always going to get a super high grade and to beat him. Um, you really do have to show up on tape. So PFF grades are not always super reliable, but it's not like they're all, they're, they're usually not wrong by orders of magnitude either. So, um, and uh, the, the tape checks out on that one. I mean, Kamal Martin was great in that game. He was blowing people up. He was getting in holes and he was putting the hurt on David Johnson. Um, so that, that's good. And he's kind of an unknown to like, uh, you know, I, I, this is one where you got to rely on scouts for Kamal Martin because uh, he didn't, do co- he didn't do the combine. He didn't have a pro day. Um, he doesn't really have uh, a Raz, um, and he was very good at Minnesota. So who knows what that means? Uh, that can mean a lot of things. Like, a lot of guys uh, show up uh, for smaller Big Ten schools. Yes, you are one, um, and you know put a lot of stats on tape and aren't really that good. But man, he looked dynamite. So I think that's just a, a good scouting win on on Kamal Martin there, and that that's good to see. We never have good inside linebackers. Yeah. <laughs> Can, can we talk about how uh, Paul is now actually going against analytics folks on one thing? Online, I, I know it's yeah, it's been on mentioned in the past, but it still continues. Like f- fans of the show who have not been longtime fans do not know the multiple years that Paul has been like inside linebackers are shenanigans. All right, like inside linebackers are outside linebackers that are broken. Who cares? Like <laughs> inside. Inside I linebackers have di- are, are I have a good workings. Like <laughs> they are. I've said that. I have made that exact comparison. I know that. I like Ricky Weeks, but uh, they're second baseman. They're the fail down <laughs> position. Like, so that's why. Um, but I, I think I have a good coherent theory on why I was wrong about this, why analytics is wrong about this, and it, it all comes back to the fact that the offense dictates where the ball goes. And so, like defense is bopped around a lot. Like for it was conventional wisdom that edge rushers were the most important for a long time. It is now moving to conventional wisdom that corners are the most important on defense. And I think the answer is the most important players on defense are wherever the offense has decided to attack this in any given game. So there's not really a consistent answer to it. Um, one other thing that, that analytics has discovered over the last couple of years is that quarterbacks are much more efficient throwing to the middle of the field than outside. It's been longstanding NFL tradition that to make those outside throws and those deep throws out there, but everybody's way better at throwing to the middle. And so, um, I, I there's a PFF article on their they're constantly changing attempts to define what positions are more valuable. And now safeties are more important than we thought before. And I have to think this is all based on um, NFL teams having nerds now and identifying the middle of the field as a place you want to attack. And so, who guards the middle of the field? Well, safeties and inside linebackers and coverage. So. Um, the fact of the matter is everybody's important on defense because everybody knows everybody's weakness on defense and that's what gets attacked. And we've seen this with the Packers for years now. They've been burned by having crap inside linebackers and bad safeties in the middle of the field by running quarterbacks, by tight ends, um, by just tons of people. So um, there is no conventional wisdom on defense. Everybody needs to be at least competent on defense. You can't have a good defense without everybody being at a minimum baseline. It's just impossible. This is just going to be the, the the podcast of me ranting loudly. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's very funny that that uh, I can think of like a million 
like terrible quotes that line up perfectly with what you're saying. Like a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. It's <laughs> the weakest link. <laughs> well, good for so the Packers you, then, because they played well. But it's it's Defense it's good. It's good for the Packers. Yeah, and Chris Barnes also. Um, uh, he, uh, kind of a low grade for pass rushing again, but Chris Barnes played well again in lateral pursuits, and it really pairs well with Kamal Martin, um, who seemed very good going north and south and like being like a better Blake Martinez. Oh. And then you have Chris Barnes as kind of the the east west guy to to track down any lateral plays that happen. Like they did really well. Um, and I I do kind of also wonder if that is one of the reasons Preston kind of came alive a little bit, because now I wonder if one of the reasons he hasn't been great is. Um, being tied up with multiple responsibilities over on the the you know the side he plays on where he gets to look at everything developing in front of him he's not on the the blind side rush um, and uh, he was great in this game for mm-hmm. the for the first time that all season, fourth he down did stop man like yeah. he's, he 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 saw was that so coming good. from a mile away yep like he knew the play um, on Deshaun Watson running Deshaun Watson running an option on fourth and one. Um, Really, a kind of underrated and important play. Houston was not dead at that point. They were down um, 13, I believe, at that point, and kind of in uh, threatening the score. So if they cut it to one score there, there's still plenty of time left in that game. And Preston basically ended it. So very very nice do, job by him. Do you Defense know, really played do you know well how that game affected the expected win percentage? Off the top of your head? Yeah. That play? No, you I know don't. what? That's something um, that we should just have queued up for every game, like, like, like top three plays should. by expected win percentage. Because, because Hold our on, I'll grab it. <laughs> our fans want these hard hitting analytics, and they also want us to get to the point faster. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's also true. <laughs> Jr., did uh, you see that negative criticism? No. A commenter on Acme Packing Company said that we don't get to the point fast enough. Oh well, we don't. That's absolutely we accurate. Don't. We totally we spend ramble. way too much time. But like, that's true of a lot of podcasts. Yeah. You've got to have the right personalities because most of the time, you know, most of the time people just spend the first three to five minutes just just talking about their freaking week. I hate it. But yep, we spent ten minutes talking <laughs> about feuding I mean, with another blog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. We we might as well be talking about our commute or our fantasy team. Two things that affect literally no one else on this planet. <laughs> fantasy team uh stuff is the worst that is definitely true nobody cares uh, i can't believe it's an industry where people <laughs> have podcasts about it it's the most boring it's, an, it's absolutely incredible so if you do want to look up uh it used to be hard to look up epa and win percentage stuff um online ben baldwin actually just made a super easy website that's a skin over um uh, of the r scrape of nfl data um uh it's called rbsdm.com and that stands for running backs <laughs> don't matter um so, so uh, if you ever need to find it, you could look it up yourself very easily. It's very user-friendly and uh, much better than what I had to do just uh, with all the crappy data on pro football reference, which was very confusing. So the, so, the, th- um, the thing that we yeah. haven't talked about while Paul finds these, we haven't really talked about Randall Cobb. We mentioned him. <laughs> <laughs> Randall, Randall Cobb, Cobb is still as um, good as he was on the Packers, I, I believe. He is. It's incredible. I agree with he, you. His catch on um, his corner route. Um, Cobb does this thing that I love that you don't see from a lot of receivers. He climbs the ladder. He can get vertical and snag a ball in the air while maintaining his stride. That's something that you don't see from a lot of receivers. And he did that on his corner out that big catch. His, it was like his was like seventh catch of the game or something like that. Um, yep. The problem is he just he doesn't have top end speed. And Mike McCarthy used him incorrectly. And it might have it might have also been, true. 
in addition by subtraction because McCarthy stopped trying to get cute with a guy who you can't get cute with. I also think he benefits a lot from having good outside receivers around him, sure. which he does in Houston. Um, and just having that lesser coverage guy, he really abuses like linebackers, safeties, and just slightly. You mean like what people. Alan Lazard does? Um, it's when he has to be the primary guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly what Alan Lazard does. It's uh, he he just struggles when he has to have the, he has to be the number one guy. That's when you don't want Cobb in that role, and he had to do that too much for the Packers. All right, I have I have the biggest um, EPA plays pulled up. I'm trying to find the biggest WPA plays, but. The uh, the biggest EPA play was the Adams 45-year touchdown. Not surprising. Second biggest was the missed field goal. Third was that blocked punt, which is kind of surprising. Well, that's because it's not with <laughs> ability, though. Anyway, I'll try yeah, and find okay. the Okay, so fun. Um, something, something I need to point out. Tex that. Western discovered this yeah. about the punt. Um, Jamal Williams is usually in on the punt team. Oh, that's on true. On the blocked he punt, is. he was not. And it was, was it uh, Dexter, I think? Dexter Williams was the... Was the guy in Jamal's spot? Uh, it was Dexter Williams and, and Jamal Scott. And, uh, and Dexter whiffed on right. the block, and the guy who blocked the punt was Dexter's man. The next punt, Jamal Williams was in on the punt team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they learned. So right. uh, shout-outs Tex Western for making me look at that. Nice I, job, I love special teams, and I love talking right. about special teams. It's a, man, it's a phase of the Williams, game. He ain't going to get on the field if he can't block a guy. All right, I'm giving up on <laughs> – yeah, I'm I'm giving up looking up for win probability. Um, there's too much EPA to dig through here. So, I saw some on. jokes about Randall Cobb. Uh, next week I will have the biggest stuff. What, what jokes up. about Randall Cobb? About you him, you know, getting on oh, the yeah. Packers plane on the way home and just being like, "Oh no, Take man. me back." JJ Watt, J- and or JJ Watt, like <laughs> you know, JJ Watt had that that salty press conference afterwards where he basically refused to answer questions. He wasn't Boy, he, he wasn't ever. being like mean to the reporters. <laughs> he just wasn't he wasn't interested in being there, of course, and. uh he even on the field like did i I felt like i mean oh he was sitting he was sitting on the bench just shaking his head and looking down like these even when he made bitches he was not he made a stop on third down he's usually pretty animated when he makes a play like a lot of guys are he he just looked disgusted he looks sad man and i honestly like they someone has to save him and it should be the packers I, i people have not warmed up to that like the whole non-guaranteed money thing has me just like all in on this idea that they should absolutely add him, and and they won't. Of course they won't. The trade deadline is. Yeah, he's like a perfect fit. They won't because they're the Packers, and but but like they could cut him um, at the end of the season and not owe him another dime, and he's only like seven or eight million the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So it's doable. Like it's totally a doable thing, and do you, he would fit right it, in. What do you think um, it takes? He, Fifth, fourth. I think uh, it's hard to so. I think one of the problems getting anybody out of Houston is actually Bob being gone because there's nobody there to make a definitive decision on anything. Um, but assuming you can find somebody to actually sign off on something, I'll bet you can get it done for a fourth or a fifth because I don't think they want that salary around. And he is not sticking around. Like, if they keep him, next year is his last year in Houston. There's no way he's going to – he's seen the dysfunction of the franchise. He knows what's going on there. Deshaun Watson does too, by the way. Um, I captured a few stills of him – uh, after shotgun handoffs, just looking like he didn't want to be there anymore. Like, just, like, li- lackadaisically walking backwards while the play is still going He went on. full Jay um, Cutler. It's, it's, <laughs> he, he, went, he did. He went full Jay Cutler, and I don't blame him one bit. That, that franchise <laughs> is stupid. So, um, they should, um, so, like, everybody should be on the phone trying to get J.J. Watt, who is a huge diff. I mean, we don't need to, to sell J.J. Watt. He's a, he's incredible when he when he's trying, especially. And if you put him on a playoff contender, 
it's going to suddenly snap him back to life. Like this is one of those teams where it's like Adam Gase. If you get a guy off of Adam Gase's team, he'll get four times well, better than in he the was words before. of Justice Mosqueda. Let's turn that face mask green. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really good exactly. point. They should also the, the fact that that Bob isn't there. I mean, who wants to be the guy that signs off on sending the the face of the franchise still out of out of Houston? That's a, yep. that's a very no one's going to do that for a fifth round pick and feel comfortable with it. They're not, especially after the the Hopkins right. uh, Johnson trade, where I assume they could just get laughed at in circles. So that's the problem with trading with Houston. Like they were the best people to trade with, and now. I suspect they won't let anybody out. Like Kenny Stills is the perfect trade candidate too, by the way, who is their fourth receiver, but is frankly much, much better than that. And maybe if they used him differently, their best receiver, I think Kenny Stills is probably better than Will Fuller on in a neutral situation. Um, and it's the last Which year of his contract. I have so. seen more Packer fans calling for a Fuller trade than for a Stills trade. And I, I trade for Stills. <laughs> well, Everybody knows who Fuller is, but but it's harder to get the guy who's the number one receiver out of the team than the guy who's sitting on the bench a lot of the time, um, and and is not being used. And you could get, I think you get Kenny Stills for like a seventh. So you should you should definitely do that. I think uh, they they should have left with ga- somebody gambling on the plane, with definitely twenty. Yeah, there half you go. the team gambling with twenty twenty one picks, I think is a safe thing. I personally think the twenty twenty one draft is going to be an absolute shit show after the first three rounds. Um, probably so. Just scouting is going to be hard, and it's going to be so impacted by this yeah. weird season, and who knows? I so offer don't offer a fourth and a fifth um, for JJ Watt. Who gives a crap? You sh- so somebody should make some offer to get him out of there because, um, th- th- you know, th- they're in a tough position too. Cause rebuilding with Deshaun Watson on your team is also hard to do. Like they they should be better than this. You know how hard it is to be bad with a good quarterback. It's really bad. It's it's a tough. Well, tough we saw thing what happened do. with McCarthy and Usually Dallas. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But this one didn't get hurt immediately. No, but I'm saying um, it's like. And by by the way, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, um, before they scored any points, was seventeen or like sixteen of nineteen for 187 <laughs> yards. How do you do that and not score any points? It's impossible. Uh, they're they're insane. Uh, okay, I'm glad Houston is done. They actually make me crazy. I don't like watching bad football. And like when the Packers have coaching problems, and I sit there yelling all day at the screen, it makes me crazy. And I don't like doing that. And I'm I'm not this year. This is great. But like even seeing other teams that are just suffering horribly, I'm kind of like, just fire a lot of people and get smart people. <laughs> There's so many smart people that could be running your team, and none of them are on it. it just makes me sad. All right. I have no problem personally watching bad we should football. Talk a bit I don't about mind Josh. it whatsoever, especially if they're willing to trade with the good football team that is the team that uh, that we follow each week. Yeah. Then I'm good. Yeah. Right, but this this will now be two franchise quarterbacks that Houston has ruined. David Carr. David, Con- Carr, David Carr. I I thought he was a good prospect coming out. Um, I I actually agree with that, and David Carr actually took more sacks than anybody in NFL history his rookie year. And, and I, I think, think it's just broken. It was like his first um, three years. Hit. Like, like yes, his rookie year is the record, but then he also has the worst three-year yeah. stretch of anyone. Yeah, you just can't get a quarterback hit that much. And David Carr not mobile and just just took uh, hit they, after hit after hit. So ruined Andre Johnson's career. Hall of Fame. Ugh, that guy was so, Hall of Fame wide so amazing. Ruined it. What a sad franchise. <laughs> um, 
uh, the last running back that they had who got hurt a bunch of times. Um, Lamar Adrian, Adrian Foster. Foster. Adrian, Adrian uh, Foster, phenomenal running back. Arian Foster. Arian, Arian Foster, phenomenal running back. Yeah. Hurt. Ruined by the Texans. Like every superstar that the Texans have ever All had, right. they've ruined. How dare you? <laughs> Pretty much. On a, on a more positive note, we should talk about Josh who's, Jackson. Who's who, not bad. Josh, um, officially not bad Jackson. Who might might be good. Um, jo- Josh did not commit a penalty like he did last week and looked pretty good in coverage. Um, and worth mentioning here, um, every year Football Outsiders in the Almanac, which everybody should still read, it's still useful. I still use it for scouting every week on people, um, pointed out a discrepancy in the Packer corners, which is that Kevin King is very good in man coverage, especially good in man coverage inside the 20 yard in the red zone, uh, especially in the end zone. J.R. Alexander actually uh, better in zone or in some form of zone. And so they're a bit of a mismatch. Um, by the way, most teams play zone most of the time and play man about 30% of the time, mostly on third downs for blitz purposes and things like that. Um, and Josh Jackson, much more similar to Jair, um, played zone almost exclusively at Iowa. And if you're calling um, you know, one or the other, it's nice to have both of your outside corners kind of on the same page in terms of what they're good at shutting down. So um, the Packers have been doing a little more of that this year, and in this game it worked really well. Now, Houston, of course, you know their offense is better than their defense, but they're still a dysfunctional team that has kind of quit on the year. But uh, Josh Jackson had a tough assignment. He had to guard a lot of good receivers, and he did a really nice job at it. Um, possibly better than Kevin King. So the Kings had a pretty good season. We haven't talked about him much, so I don't want to rip on him too much, um, but it's nice to see the, the depth there where, you know, we never have cornerback depth. This is, this is much better than usual. <laughs> um, this, if we look back on this game as sort of a turning point for the defense, I won't be that surprised. Like so much clicked, like back, backup safeties, Raven green playing good inside linebackers playing good. Preston playing good. Zedaria still having a great game. Um, and the, the line kind of holding its own. Uh, I am, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do going forward. It was, it was a nice so come together. Game. I would like to say when, when you say line, you mean the defensive line? Okay, I was going to say yes, the offensive the defensive line. line. Not terrible, but Aaron Rodgers for not, threw for not like having three quarters of his passes in less than two and a half seconds, which is unusual for him. So, Yeah. It, the, um, we, we have our pet theory on this podcast and an Acme Packing Company that Aaron is better when he is forced to throw the ball quicker, either because of injury or fear. And uh, I think this game may go into the fear <laughs> column a little bit. Without yeah, Bakhtiari I think if Bakhtiari there, plays, we don't was getting, see that that you know allegiance to throwing the ball as quickly as that. <laughs> so, are you saying, ipso facto, we should not extend Bakhtiari? <laughs> what? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just trying to stay in front. Since if ipso if facto, not a chance. Oh, sign him. Gonna, sign him to yesterday. I was going to say, God we, forbid. We should. We should, in fact. We should not make offensive line decisions based on our somewhat fanciful theory <laughs> about Aaron so I'm just saying, being like, scared. Like before, so. before one of the troves <laughs> of Twitter idiots cuts this section of the podcast out and sees like, he yeah, says yeah. Aaron is better without a line and he wants to get rid of Bakhtiari. I think the first might be true, but the second I don't <laughs> want to do. And I guess those are... I actually like the... I mean, I've um, brought up the example of um, Brett Favre's second season under Mike McCarthy, 2007. Uh, of course, here they mm-hmm. go to the NFC Championship game. Just, just how his numbers surged uh, because he seemed more committed to making, 
smarter decisions, right? Like he wasn't chucking the ball down the field. He was using what defenses were giving him. He was throwing shorter routes and things like that. And, and it worked great. And uh, he had a pretty good core of receivers to work with that helped. But I feel like there's this concerted effort, this sort of trust that Aaron Rodgers has built with Matt LaFleur that he's willing to do that. I mean, that's a game plan decision to have Aaron Rodgers throw the ball as quickly as it was. It's like, okay, we acknowledge David yeah. Bakhtiari isn't here. The line is probably not, is, is not going to be as good as it is normally. So let's, uh, let's get rid of the ball. And, uh, and Rodgers is willing to do it. He is, I mean, Rodgers doesn't, doesn't, isn't really like Favre anyway. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't take risks. So this isn't a huge, you know, change, <laughs> you know, shift of course by any means, but, it's it's there's there is a trust there and it like he's buying in and everybody seems to be on the same page with it and obviously you saw it work it's it's worked five times out of six so far yep worked great in this game too it helps a lot if if adams is giving him that target early um one of the best things that works in tandem is just he gets that release so quickly and it's clear he's going to be open or not so when rogers does have to throw quick if if Adams can establish that it works super well and there were a ton of throws in this game where Rodgers just basically cocked back and lofted it up to where he knew Adams would be and it worked great so um good to see that um hopefully that will continue to work but uh, (laughs) it'll work for at least a couple weeks because they don't play very many good good defenses going forward not till maybe San Francisco so um just nice to see um Let's see. Preston Smith, I was interested Not in much. Preston That's Smith kinda... sort of shadowing. Is that right? He kind of shadowed Watson. He was kind of prepared. I don't know. Was he guarding against the option or whatever? But, like, he had he had Watson's number. Obviously, as the big stop late in the game uh, to uh, when, when they just needed to get a yard, th- fourth and one or third and one, I don't even remember. Well, so but traditionally, you can, you can have your uh, – God, what, what? I can't remember the color. It's like col- <laughs> color animal. Either. I've been it's trying like, to think like green, of it all. Green game. dog, yeah. Like your your QB spy is a spy, and then a blitzer when he doesn't need to be a spy, and that's that's what it, Preston was doing. And it's going to bother me that I can't remember this. I, yeah, but I think that is an astute observation, and I think that helped uh, Preston Smith have a better game than he otherwise would. He he, uh, he got to. I feel like he's usually kind of just crashing in, filling holes, crashing in at quarterback a lot of the time, or being forced into coverage where he's kind of being awkward. And here, he basically got to play his zone blitzer um, and just kind of stay back until he saw a gap and then head in. Um, if he, He's been bad all season. If he's good going forward, I think it's because in this game, he basically got to have patience forced on him because he had a coverage responsibility. He had to sit back there, watch running backs, watch Deshaun Watson, make sure he didn't scramble. And then when he saw a gap, he had to hit it hard and get to the quarterback, which he he did very well, either around the edge or if one opened up on the inside. And it's it's it was sort of like a breakdown of what pass rushers are supposed to do, just slow down a little bit. Um, and he, I mean, he did a great job. Deshaun Watson is you know an outstanding runner as a quarterback. He usually gets five design runs a game, and he gets like 40 yards off of him. He didn't do anything in this game running the ball. Um, they, the, the Packers never stop running quarterbacks. It just never happens. And it was mostly due to him um, being that sort of spy, like late blitzer that that happened. So um, I, I, I don't know. A good game plan there. Um, I don't know if accidental or not, but I, I kind of like that role for Preston, and I think it might pay dividends. Um, so good, good to see Hope he's awesome next week and kills Kirk Cousins a few times. Are you saying that Kirk um, Cousins is a mobile quarterback? I, I'm, I'm not. He'll just be standing there. Um, able. 
Preston should have like five oh, sacks next game against Kirk Cousins after having to chase Deshaun Watson around for a game. It's like um, in the first in the first Olympics, modern in 1896, the American team all practiced with uh, incorrect sized shot puts and discuses <laughs> that they got that they made uh, by incorrectly deciphering the measurements in ancient writings in uh, in Greek. Um, and uh, then they got to the actual Olympics, and the shot put and the discus that they were using were like a third the size, and they kicked everybody's <laughs> ass. Um, that's what. That's what chasing Deshaun Watson is versus chasing Kirk Cousins. So, oh man, I remember reading stories about the Packers <laughs> in the '90s chasing chickens to learn how to corral Barry Sanders. And I feel like, well, or like it's a yes, apparently, like really? like literally, they so would chase chickens. They just did the they did yes. the Rocky thing to learn how to ca- yes. catch Barry Sanders. <laughs> huh. Okay. Did, did they do it before the game where they kept him to negative one uh, yards? That was, did it work? Wasn't that mostly Gilbert Brown's doing? Reggie was – I mean, yeah, was that, a, that was just a great offensive yeah. line. It was muddy. <laughs> so. It was the weather plus great players. I'll tell you what, I got to see Barry Sanders play in person, and it is – video doesn't do him – maybe the, the run against the Cowboys where he literally makes a defender question his sanity. <laughs> um, but really, videos don't do it justice. Barry was just smooth. Everything he did was smooth. Yep. Best highlight reel running back ever, and uh, a good production one as well. But not efficient. All right. Should we, should we move on to Minnesota? Not. He 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 actually. So this is this is a thing anal, uh, analytics people get yelled at for. Barry Barry Sanders was efficient. Uh, he is a boom and bust running back, and those tend to be less efficient than running backs that are more consistent. And Emmett Smith is the comp here that everybody always goes to because they play at the same time. Emmett Smith was successful on almost all of his runs. He also played behind like the greatest offensive line ever. Um, Barry Sanders obviously did not, and Barry Sanders got stuffed a lot. Yeah. But he was the greatest boom and bust running back ever, and he is still, even in efficiency terms, super awesome. So not true. <laughs> we love Barry Sanders. Anyway, should we talk Should we talk about the fact that we learned how to pronounce Yannick Ngakwe for no reason? Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe. You, you guys didn't know that you could say Yannick Ngakwe. <laughs> Am I? This is the Tunyon thing. I already knew how to say Tunyon, and everyone just learned this week. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Still, I, I don't care. <laughs> You're one of those people that can't move on when the stadium it, changes its name, Paul, aren't you? I I am. That that is correct. Um, but it, it's it's. I'm not saying Tunyon. It it just Why? sounds. I've worse. I have said um, Tunyon I'm, I'm, since he was, because because. Because of the Bob, because you have the same vowel sound, Bob Tan. Not like, it's either got to be Bob Tanyan or Bob Tanyan. I'm not changing one or the not 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 doing it. Anyway, y- Yannick Ngakwe is gone. The Vikings signed him to a big contract at the beginning of the year, and now now he's gone. <laughs> um, they have thrown in the towel and are giving up and are trying to get Trevor Lawrence, which would be bad. So. Um, Maybe a strategic loss would be in order, but no, that's too much. Um, uh, but, man, th- they're bad. Um, the Packers should destroy them like they already did once. W- one thing I, I, I'm a little bit hesitant on here is in that first game, I don't think they were using jo- Justin Jefferson Who's like now they very are now. <laughs> and not, who, who is not very good. <laughs> He's number one in DVOA. He's number one in lots of normal counting stats, too. And uh, it's... It, it, he was kind of a non-factor the first time around, and uh, Jair was on Thielen. I suspect he'll he'll have Jair this time, and Thielen will have Josh Jackson or Kevin King. Um, that's harder. <laughs> this is 
I don't think the Vikings are going to win I, But this I year, think this is going to be but, a game uh, where whoever is on Thielen is going to get pointed at as a bad corner. Yep, mm-hmm. looks that way to me. Um, and I, I'm guessing this will be a little closer than people think. Uh, yeah, the Vikings have thrown in the towel, but they still have a good defensive coach. They're not going to let down for Green Bay. And they they do have some good players on offense. Um, if if The way to beat Cousins is really to pick him off, and the Packers still aren't getting interceptions as much as they probably should. Um, so a little tiny bit worried about this one not not a lot because they're bad you know they're one in five they're not a good it wasn't like the uh, first game was a walkover you know i mean it 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 wasn't it wasn't i i don't know if i'd call it like close or anything but you know the vikings were able to do a lot on offense and like you said if you that was without a dimension that they've later added and the defense is you know hopefully better than they were in week one but uh but yeah it's uh i I would find that alarming what if the offense doesn't click you know what if aaron jones is still out and doesn't have that dimension going for it minnesota currently leads green bay in rushing yards per game and yards per play dang they're really they're heading Uh, six it's close it's 6.3 versus 6.1 so i'm on that but I'm on the betting decision. site right now because I wanted to check because the the Packers opened at seven and a half point favorites, which seemed ridiculous. Um, they're currently six and a half six and a half point That's, favorites, so I would take the Packers to cover. Yeah, I'll take the Packers at that, but seven and a half I would not. So, um, they're the Vikings are I think not quite as bad. At, the the whole North is is kind of messed up. The Vikings had a bunch of bad luck um and yeah their defense isn't what it's up to snuff and they lost dalvin cook and um you know kirk turned into a pumpkin which was bound to happen at some point but uh they're they're still not that bad like the the bears are obviously not nearly as good as they've come out of the gate as we saw that (laughs) this week and and the lions also by the way are better than uh, you might think they are their point differential is pretty much the same as the bears and uh they they also just added Everson Griffin this week. They made it they made a, a trade to get him out of Dallas. That poor guy um, for a sixth round pick, conditional sixth round pick. But he's um, been he's so been terrible Detroit this year, hasn't even, he? Well, yeah, but he's a cowboy. So the 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 whole team has been terrible this year. And and a, another situation where like you get a guy out of there and maybe he turns it around a little bit. Um, I mean, there's full on. But we can talk about this a little bit. There is a full on riot against Mike yeah, McCarthy great, down in it? Dallas. There are a bunch of leaked quotes um, from the locker room saying that they don't think the coaches know what they're doing, that they're not as prepared as they were before, and that Jason Garrett, not a good coach, very bad coach. If you are doing less well in terms of preparation and game plan than Jason Garrett, that's not good. That's Excuse a very you, that bad NFL coach <laughs> of the year, Jason Garrett. <laughs> Jeez, oh, though, that that is like the the curse of death on your coaching career. If you win that thing, uh, it, you walked into a good situation. You surprised people. Your team's not that good. Um, Matt Nagy, right? He was he's got hey, that you know, hanging over gonna, his head right if now. If we want to talk about cold takes, uh, a lot of people thought that McCarthy was going to have the Jason Garrett situation, where you walk into a talented roster and dumbass your way into an eleven win season. <laughs> I thought that. <laughs> I'm I, I'm shocked at how bad he's been there. I um I thought he would be able to at least instill some discipline into that team and sort of punch their way up to a decent record in by the way, like the worst division <laughs> of all time. And, um, and just really Was it was it last year that they were the team that you would have you look at statistically and say they 
they underperformed their point differential or something. Like this was definitely a team that everyone That's should right. have been worried about this year. They were the team with the most one-score right, losses last year. And um, uh, Muscata does this every year. Those teams almost always gain, like, four wins. For, or, like, it's some, like, Basically, two times the if, number they if lost. If they regressed the to the mean on one-win losses, they would have been an 11-win 11, 11 team. Like, Right. So it should be 50-50 for the most part. Um, but but no. <laughs> and the other three uh, teams in that division, like you said, <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. It's it maybe historic how bad this division is. Well, the, Se- the Seahawks uh, I, went to I the saw, playoffs uh, at seven er, er, Oh yeah, they're not the only one. So Carolina did Jackson, too. There's um, going to be another the, losing team in the playoffs. Trust me. I'm just saying the division as a whole look, could, has never been. This might be the worst division true. of all time. Football outsiders, football outsiders running their simulations had an over fifty percent chance that that division has a six-win oh playoff team. That would be which weird. is, and and had like a had like a ten percent chance that they had a five win oh. playoff team with with a it needed a tie or something like that, um, but which is why it was so low. But uh, it's it's very very bad. Um, so for the Cowboys to to be this bad despite playing just a bunch of atrocious teams <laughs> is really incredible. Mike's gonna not survive. Um, he might survive the season, but. Oh man, that's going to be an expensive buyout for the Cowboys. Oof, just, just rough as all get out. No excuse to not succeed with that roster either. It, the defense is not great, but again, another offense that yeah, anybody with a decent offensive pedigree should just skate into and turn around without trouble. I think you said it last week. All right, Mike should McCarthy went to this quarterback. You know, like went, you know, went really deep diving on analytics. Supposedly, brought in a whole bunch of people that he hadn't worked with before. Uh, they still had Kellen Moore. They still had their holdover. And it's just the exact same thing. So what? What in the world was he doing all that time? Say so it, it is no different. N- he was really busy yelling I'm, at he, high school basketball refs. <laughs> he did do not that a good song, look. Yes. Not a good look for Coach uh, Mack. I don't. One. I feel bad. Some ESPN reporter, I forget which one it was, had a quote out of there that was like, "We talked to McCarthy, and he said he had a metric that." Uh, the team that was first to four wins in the division would win it 75% of the time. Like, that's not a metric. That's just the team that's winning the most tends to win the division. Like, <laughs> God. He, he, like, he doesn't even know how to fake sound smart. Like, <laughs> so bad. Come on, Mike. You can at least fake sounding smart. Or at least get somebody else to talk for you. Like, be, learn from <laughs> Ted Thompson. Get somebody else to do your talking for you. So yeah, you but don't have to. to. To the credit to Mike McCarthy... If you're Ted Thompson and your move is to have someone else talk for you, it probably shouldn't be Mike McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Fair point. Let's yeah, do the questions. Do Let's do Patreon questions, our, our best friends of show. Patreon questions. So I'm gonna Woo. I'm gonna I'm gonna serve them um, up since I never really have the answers to these things. Tim Braun, Patreon question: Will the Packers <laughs> actually make a trade before the deadline? If so, who do you see as major targets? JJ Watt. Salute major targets. Yes. <laughs> good old major. Um, well, we talked about the Houston problem. There's a lot of good candidates there. Um, so I've seen one bandied about, which is Julian Edelman. Uh, the Patriots, quite bad. Um, and he is also in the last year of his contract. Um, not a bad receiver, possibly. They, they do need a receiver. Michael so Gallup. <laughs> that'd be good. There's some talk to it. Um, yeah. That's a good one. Um, I like Michael Gallup. Target Target Cowboys. Um, 
he's really the only one you can get out of there. Lamb's too new, and uh, uh, who's a Martin yes. Cooper? The other one there. Yeah. He's too expensive. Um, so, but yeah, Michael Gallup would be a good target and totally gettable, and a very very good receiver as well. There, there was talk today about Stefan Gilmore um, of the Patriots, who's the best cornerback in the league. Stephen Gilmore. I never say his first name. Um, that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> get it out of your head. And there was talk that the Packers almost traded for Zach Ertz, which would have been a stupid move. That were apparently the offers for Zach Ertz were flying around but, uh, before he got hurt. So that would have been a while ago. Yes. It was a while ago, but in Baltimore was in. They're usually a pretty smart front office. Um, I don't know what you see in Zach Ertz at this point, but you know it didn't happen. So, but I, I like I, I do like Gallup and I like Edelman, and I I don't think you can trade with Houston because they're going to be frozen. But if they could get Kenny Stills, it would make me so happy that he's uh, so underrated. Um, so, I, but here's the short answer: is no, they're <laughs> not going to make a trade. Uh, football trades, football trades never happen, um, and th- they have glaring needs. But it's just hard to do. And the Packers probably aren't one of the front offices most likely to do it. No, it sounds like I would, I, I would, because there's rumors that they were calling around, but I have a feeling that the Packers aren't lucrative in their draft capital. Like they're not going to give up a ton. So it's probably just, they're like, hey, man. Probably not. They are tight on the, yeah. they're tight on the cap too. So, so hey, man, would you take a seventh for this guy in a rookie contract? And then they just hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope they do make a trade for a receiver this is the season to do it because it's really one of the only things holding them back um, and there are guys you can get if they got Gallup I'd be over the moon um, and you know, McCarthy can maybe, I now he has no say he's not can I GM, say something off of our very first topic of the day uh, the Twitter idiots yeah. not necessarily from one place but the oh. Twitter idiots are saying that the Packers uh-huh. obviously are now vocal about calling around. It's getting out that the Packers are calling around about wide receivers. They're, they're calling around, And yeah. they're saying that that has nothing to do with the draft. That has everything to do with the draft. The Packers calling around about a wide receiver <laughs> right now is them admitting guilt that their self-scouting before the draft was incorrect. That's what that says. That says that... Just bringing this back real quick. This was this was actually an, a Nagler story. He said that he had sources that they were calling around specifically for wide receivers, and the rest of Cheesehead TV jumped on and said, "Well, it's, this doesn't mean anything about the fact that should have drafted one." But yeah, you're right; it does. Um, but you know that ship is sailed. So. <laughs> um, all right. Should, yeah, Stephen Kurtz asks: here? Regardless of the salary cap implications this year and next, is there a place for JJ Watt on the Packers? I.e., would he make an impact short term or long term this yeah, season? Th- that place is three, four end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked about it. That's uh that's a good fit for everything. I mean, he's still good, man. He and he plays a position they can use at this point. Yeah. He's, he's like a seamless fit into a, an area where they're, they're frankly not that good right now. They're okay. Um, that, that is the next to Kenny Clark position. And just think about having him next to Kenny Clark and Ima- how good that sounds. It sounds very the Smiths good. He's still, he's and J.J. Watt and Kenny Clark and whoever the fifth person yeah. is. And Kenny Clark. <laughs> who Can cares we, who that, I could be the fifth person. <laughs> I want to I break down precisely <laughs> what prevents this from happening other than what you're saying. Houston's going to be hesitant to trade and, and maybe, they, maybe they don't move J.J. Watt at all. I think that would be a crushing blow for that guy. I'd feel terrible for him. But... Uh, if if there is no guaranteed money for 2021, meaning that the risk is purely what you yes. would have in 2020, how is there Correct. anything else standing in the way? I mean, like, because because 
you you do hear some some responses are well he's got an injury history so you don't want to take on that contract and i'm just thinking but but he's not going to get hurt over the no, course no, no. of the that's i mean right. he might get hurt over the course of the next eight games but like that's not for a short term fix you don't worry about that so what what are the stumbling blocks here aside from houston <clears throat> Just a couple. Um, you, you have to get him inside the cap for this year, and he's not—he's not nothing this year. Like you had to pay his salary for the rest of the season. It's not cheap, and the Packers are close against the cap. I think they might have to pull off a couple of restructures okay. to make it happen, or or maybe maybe one, or alternatively restructure J.J. Watt upon his arrival um, and change his salary situation for the next few years, so that you have more years in which to amortize his salary. Um, but that's pretty minimal, and for the rest of the season, his salary is not that big. It's closer than you think. Uh, now, Packers currently have seven point one in cap space for the year, and JJ okay. Watt, if traded and at the deadline, would be eight. Eight. Okay, so that's that's uh, that's money movable. That, that's doable. Now, you do need some amount of cap space to make you know your random roster moves over the course of the year, bringing guys up from practice squad, um, making a random off the waiver wire signings, things like that. You can't, you can't have it up to zero. If they cut, um, if they cut Will Redmond, they saved 750,000. If you cut, if you cut you Tyler Lancaster, and, you save. <laughs> well, we don't want to do that. He's fun. Um, but uh, he does also play that position. You that's, get out of my, where, you get uh, out of my defensive lineman room. Okay. You leave my fat people alone. <laughs> But here's the thing. There's not much of an impediment. If they wanted to do it, they could If they do cut it. Tim Boyle, they save 750000 Oh, goodness. You can cut Tim Boyle tomorrow and no one will care. So, wow. You should actually do that. That's wasted so, money. So cut, cut um, Tim Boyle, cut so, Will so, Redmond, so just, and, you, and you can... JR, there's really nothing standing in the way financially of them doing this. They, they, can, they can do it. They just need to you know, have a willing partner and pony up whatever capital to do it. And JJ was a huge difference maker, not a small difference maker. So, um, you know, there's a huge gain to making the playoffs. There's a huge gain to getting the one seed instead of the two seed, mm-hmm. especially in the new playoff alignment. If you can get yourself a player to push you over those edges, and for the Packers, that's just the one seed edge because they're going to make the playoffs. Um, that's money well spent. You will recoup that instantly in um, just. Playoff and to revenue. underscore so Matub's point, totally. the college football scene is a mess. You've got a lot of smaller programs that aren't even playing at all. You've got guys playing half seasons, partial seasons. The four, who, who knows what you're going to be able to scout for rounds three, four, five? Like, trade two picks, a fourth and a fifth, like you said. Uh, we, we have no idea yeah. what kind of value those picks are going to have this year. It's total a total wild cards at this point. Yep, they should do it. Uh, it it's... It's worth doing for difference makers. You should always trade for difference makers if you, if you can, especially unexistent. Can you imagine JJ so, Watt hoisting the Lombardi with a Packers jersey on? I mean, so I'm. It would be so good. Think how many jerseys they would sell. I'm bringing if they had up them on the, the, team. the trade value chart yeah. now. So let's say the the Packers are picking oh, at the goodness. end of the fourth and fifth round. So that would be a trade value of forty five yep. plus twenty seven, um, which gets you to okay. the top of the fourth round. <laughs> So, so trading a fourth and okay. a fourth and a fifth at the bottom of their respective rounds gets you to mid to upper fourth round. So that's fine. Get half yes. a season of JJ. I, I, I would do. It. I would trade the beginning here. of the fourth round pick for half a season of JJ Watt. It's it, mm-hmm. get it done, Brian. Good All right. 
Should we do the question that, that John Deal asked that you guys thought? <laughs> that is him, Duncan. Yes, John Deal revisiting a tweet of yours, Paul, from April when you said, would you trade Aaron Rodgers for Deshaun Watson? Because you probably can. Jonathan Deal <laughs> saying, we're at the promise date. Can you revisit this? Uh, this is kind of spicy. So part, part of, so part of this is that Bob was still the GM there, and uh, only an idiot would trade away a franchise quarterback like Deshaun Watson. So it's, it's, it's a tongue-in-cheek tweet ripping on – Bob for being stupid and trading people away. That said, um, I would still trade Deshaun Watson for Aaron Rodgers only because Deshaun Watson's... Uh, no, like, okay, uh, f- Aaron Rodgers is having a better season than Deshaun Watson. Aaron Rodgers has had a better career, better start to his career than Deshaun Watson. But Deshaun Watson is super young, and if you get him right now, you have another franchise quarterback for a very, very, very long time, and you have the franchise being great yet again for another decade without any issue so he's 25 Deshaun Watson right now um so I I still do that trade because he's great and if you get him out of Bob offense he'll be even better he'll be along the lines of Pat Mahomes so yes Aaron Rodgers is super awesome he's also getting up there and if I could do a straight-up trade for a younger quarterback who's also awesome I still do it so that's why I do (laughs) that makes perfect sense to me so yes didn't didn't that tweet piss off Nagler too uh, oh no, but I, I specifically remember it's like the cheese head TV crowd coming <laughs> after you for that tweet. I mean, we all understand. Anyway, there's no scenario the... in the world where you get a straight one for one trade with quarterbacks like that. Like it'll never happen. But uh, there's not. Mostly it'll never Houston was Houston can't possibly say yes to that. I mean, that would make no sense for them. <laughs> but you know who would have said yes, Bob? <laughs> Bob, Bob, <laughs> Bob might have done it. I mean, an, an older. Still a good player for a younger good player? That might have happened. All right. Should we talk about Seth yeah, Roberts Ruti and get says, on out of here? Would you rather just keep MVS than sign Seth Roberts? I'll hang up and listen. Seth Roberts, <laughs> the uh, the street. No, not street. Uh, they, they acquired him. Oh, man, I've already forgotten who they brought him in from. No, he was waived. He was waived, right? A new wide receiver in, in Packers, Packers. He was. Receiver room. So he's bad. He's very old. Um, he's not good. He's been in the NFL for like five years. He, he's 29, and he's like MVS except not a deep threat. So he's bad um, and will not be on the team long. That's my my whole Seth Roberts spiel. He's not a good player, and there's no reason. Can to we talk about MVS up. though? As <laughs> a, a deep threat, we haven't seen I, the deep threat this year from anybody. I mean, why do we even have a deep? Why? Um, not. For a few for a few games now since week one, basically MVS has been complete trash. And uh, uh, every week, I run off a spreadsheet uh, as I do uh, of all Junior the all the receivers who have over who have over 15 yards per reception. Um, those are deep threats, and who've had X amount of targets. I did it, set it at 30 this week. And every week when I run it. MVS is the last person on the list if you short, sort by completion percentage. He's caught 44% of his targets. Every other single deep threat in the league has caught a higher percentage of his targets, and every single other deep threat in the league has some worse quarterback throwing to him. So he is, as we've been saying the whole season, very, very bad, and a reason they should have drafted a receiver. Um, as soon as they get anybody better than him, he should be on the bench. Yeah. He's he's a deep threaded name only. He's really a no threat. That's MVS. He's he's zero threat. He's off. Like they should be playing like Malik Taylor or Darius Shepard, who I also hate, 
um, in his spot just to see what they have because he's just not doing it. He, he was 0 for 4 in that game. He was atrocious. Houston's DBs are awful. There's no excuse for that. Christopher Karlecki also asked about Seth uh, Seth Roberts. So, Jeffrey, my name is Jeff. Still, ba- still bad, Chris. <laughs> uh, he's, he's asking, are you surprised that the Packers so far have avoided any serious issues with COVID? Dovetailing into the second part of his question, do you support drafting <laughs> Graham Mertz number one overall during the 2023 draft after Rodgers retires and love leads to an 0-16 season? <clears throat> Harsh. So, yes, I am in favor of that, for sure. Um, Graham Mertz is awesome, and I am all for the Suck for Mertz campaign um, when he comes out. Uh, <laughs> that guy's great. You uh, have I love to that have game. alliteration uh, in a Suck campaign. Just yeah, I agree. I completely agree with Matub on that one. I don't... Do you guys... Do you have a better adjective or verb? I will, fi- I will verb, find I a verb. Can use. Um, I think it's Massa- got to go with the G. Okay, you find Massacre it, right? for Mertz. <laughs> Jesus, No. Get away with Graham. Mm, no, that's not. Uh, <laughs> not not good damn. either. It's um, but it's got to be alliterative. Uh, it's ca- uh, okay. We need it next week. Next week. Mope, we need to mope for Mertz. Tell you what, man. Go I bought it for Graham. It, you know, the other day I bought a thesaurus, and when I got it home, I opened up, and all the pages were empty. I have no words to describe how angry I was. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I am surprised. Yeah, surprised they haven't had as mu- that much COVID. Although we shouldn't compare it to the college situation because college kids are going to go get hammered in bars. I think Jr. And, just got um, the joke. Think, no, no, <laughs> I got the joke. I didn't. I assigned it as unfunny. He, I assigned it as okay. unfunny. And then the more I thought about it, it's like that's actually pretty. Good. There's no way you came up with it yourself, but it's Pretty like good, it's right? a good one. That's a good one. It's one of the ol- it's one of the oldest. Jokes. If you made it to this, before. if you made it, it to is, this uh, point in the podcast, please send me your best dad joke on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I I immediately dismissed it. Anyway, pro pro athletes don't get COVID. Yeah, pro athletes no COVID. College students lots of COVID, as we are seeing right now with Wisconsin. So that's that's the long and short of it. There, it's just. Yeah. Uh, professionals, after being scared by the by MLB and whatnot, they're going to be better. There's not that much to do in Green Bay. No, not the, many, as many ways to get yourself in trouble. And you know, uh, it's not surprising that college kids are getting it. Like so many colleges have been decimated. Yeah. Uh, and psychologically, point, so consider what's consider what's on the All line. Right. The pack, you know, any any NFL team, you're sacrificing, you're losing millions of dollars if you you know can't play. Uh, so they need to be, they're, they're very mindful of that. I'm sure versus a college kid, like the whole, obviously playing football is a big deal to, to these people. I'm sure most (laughs) of them are taking it as seriously as they can, but like their college experience is being taken away from them and that sucks. And they're trying, I'm sure to make the most of it. And obviously you can't assign blame. You don't know what happened. I mean, it could have been, could have been any, any way, but like, just generally speaking, you got to figure college kids, they're going to have to, they're going to try to live their lives. They're not going to, they are. It's not the same, and they don't have the same responsibilities or the same obligations that professional athletes do either. So that is how it is. All right. I think, is, let's, uh, let's call oh it a man, day. Man, there was we're, one we're, really good last question I wanted to read, though, and I'm going to. Matt Van Havelen. <laughs> Havelen was there? Okay. Uh, do, Matt, you think there's a world, do you think there's a world in which could, Billy could, Turner plays well enough at left tackle that the Packers move on from Bakhtiari? God, no. God, no. I, I don't think he's capable no, of doing I, that, I but, like, so. you know, I, I – you could you could sort of say well, this is a tryout to see what world the world would be like without David Bakhtiari, but we talked about it earlier. It was a total game plan yeah. shift. I don't think you want to do that when you lose a player. 
the other thing is like they, they have a long history of Billy Turner scoutings, and it it's not like he's just a new guy up from college where they're trying to make a long term determination on him. There's lots of tape on Billy, and he's not a bad player, but he's known entity, and he's not even close to what David Bakhtiari is. So uh, he, I don't think players like him improve enough mid career for that kind of thing to happen. He's better than Don Barclay. He is. Uh, he's fine. He. They've done a very nice job of putting together offensive line depth. With with they've done a nice job of scouting him and Wagner, who I didn't think that much of. They've both been quite good, um, but they're not guys that you build around for the future. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, yeah. Matt had a question about the inside linebackers. Uh, rank them, including Kirksey. Um, Kirksey's the Kirksey's worst. The yeah, worst. there we go. Yeah, he, couldn't, <laughs> there, he couldn't outrun Kirk Cousins. That will be the defining moment. It's gonna of be his a short career, stay in so. Green Bay, I'm afraid. Uh, not his career. His his year this year. Yeah, he's worse than the rest. All right, let's call it a day. Anything to plug anybody? JR? Yeah, I, I got my series. Your series uh, today yeah, today, <laughs> today at jsonline.com in my 2010 look back, you can check out the Minnesota Minnesota game, the first one where Brett Favre came to Lambeau Field, his last game at Lambeau Field. Uh, the Packers needed a win. They were 3-3. Three and three. They win that game. It's a thriller. It's an awesome game. Uh, in the end, uh, it sort of turns the Packers' season around. They win their next four. The fourth win is the one that comes again against Minnesota. And then Brad Childress gets fired. Randy Moss gets cut. Brett Favre gets hurt eventually. So, like, it, it was a tale of two teams headed in different directions. But Packers Packers did get the last laugh. That was a good one. Uh, the other thing, I, I did a live game blog uh, for the Badger game on Friday. Um, you know, nice win over Illinois. It was phenomenal. Ooh, I mean, it was there. a lot of fun and, and able to do that, uh, the live blog from my couch, which was a different experience this year. And that was fun. Uh, does not, you know, by the time people listen to this, we may know for sure if there's even going to be a Badger Nebraska game uh, this weekend because of because of all the COVID diagnoses that most people are familiar with at this point. Yep. Odds, odds seem low. There's, there's, a, there's a math formula to this, right? It's, what, like 7.5% yeah, of the I, roster I or something like that? I believe that? it's now, now I'm, I'm getting mixed up. 5% is either the roster okay. or the population. 7.5% being the other number. The Madison, the state of Wisconsin, more than more than hit the okay. threshold for population. But uh, we don't know how many cases there are. There's, uh, We know that the two quarterbacks have tested positive. We do not know much about others on the team. But if uh, if there is a certain number, they'll, they'll say that they can't play this game against Nebraska. There's no wiggle room in yep. the Big Ten schedule. It's not a good situation. So, uh, so definitely. Definitely something to follow. Jeff Patrikas has been breaking some news at jsonline.com. Definitely encourage you to check that out. Um, if you want to get a subscription to the Journal Sentinel, you can get a really sweet deal for three months, and uh, that will take you through the football season, whatever there is of it. So uh, I, uh, I would, I would strongly advise. It's good stuff. Yep. All right. Matt, uh, visit abletoncoffee.com. Use code RE at checkout. <laughs> Wait, what's the code? R E R A E R A E R. Oh yes, got it. Reporting as eligible. Our, our, our podcast that we're doing right now. Whatever, man. I'm just here for the <laughs> um, Twitter battles. Right. Actually, uh, Appleton Coffee will be releasing a new blend here pretty soon based off of my close friend and world record Ooh. deadlifter, Bryce Krawcheck. It'll be the Crab Shark Coffee. Oh, so. goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, with a name like that. Yeah. Please do check them out, though. I got their... Uh, their their bourbon Ooh. coffee and it's fantastic. It's it's great. It's great. Um, it's just if you great. if you like bourbon, you Bur- bourbon and coffee are a flavor that that goes so well together. Like beer beer makers put those two together all the time. It makes so much sense for coffee. It's great. Um, so highly recommend that. Um, I had a piece piece recapping the Packer win in the Shepherd Express, along with the fact that they still need receivers and MVS's continued struggles. And I wrote about how 
the uh, at Acme Packing Company how the Texans ran at all the wrong times by analytics metrics this week. Like literally, like second and long runs, uh, all these just terrible, stupid ideas that undid their drives and allowed Deshaun Watson to have a great game but score no points. It's all coaching's fault and not the quarterback's fault. So that will do it for us. We got the Vikings coming up. It's too soon mm. to play the Vikings. We will, again. We will play the Vikings um, but, twice before you know, playing the. The Bears. the Bears. The Bears once. That's that's stupid. Yeah. But uh, it, at least we should beat them handily, hopefully. We know it'll be depressing. But if we do, which like we it's should. It's Niners should season after that. Have a good weekend, everybody. Talk to you next week. Ooh, there's the one. The, the look ahead game. Trap game. That's a thing, right? No, no. Trap game is a stupid concept. Let's forget about it. I once knew a pirate named Bob. B.O.B. Bob was a drunken old slug B.O.B. Bob about as dumb as a rock But Bob, he made it to the top